Hey, have you ever been on the job hunt? We are Jobs Across America, connecting you to thousands of jobs you can apply for today. Listen in for new job opportunities and gain practical strategies on how to obtain them. Welcome to another episode of Jobs Across America. I'm Brianna Strobel. And I'm Jean-Paul Renard. And today we're going to be talking about the top jobs and how to get them, specifically for America. And we're going to be breaking this up into three categories. One being the highest paying jobs. Second being the jobs with highest job satisfaction. And the third being jobs that are in highest demand. So we're going to get started with the highest paying jobs. Upon a little bit of research online, uh, it might not be surprising that most of the top jobs we're finding are all health-related. Um, this is based on, on data from several sources, um, Glassdoor, CNBC, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. With almost all of them, the top 10 highest-paying jobs of 2019 and what they predict for 2020 are healthcare-related, ranging between 260000 to 126000 per year. Wow. The top one is an anesthesiologist. JP, <laughs> can you say that three times fast? Anesthesiologist, anesthesiologist, anesthesiologist. Oh, wow. That okay. was pretty good, right? Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. The second yeah. one is a surgeon. I can say that three times fast. How? Say it three times fast. Surgeon, surgeon, surgeon. Wow. You're very talented. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then physicians, gynecologists, pharmacy managers, all of those type of jobs wow. following from there. Well, you know, that I'm like, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, healthcare is such a huge sector and growing as the population continues to grow, right? So I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Diana. I'm not surprised. I don't think anybody would be. Um, but surprisingly enough, the jobs with the highest job satisfaction rate, uh, being our second point, are not all healthcare related. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all based on the three sources I already I already outlined there. They're all tech related, actually. Or yeah. most most of the top ones are. Yeah. 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 So software engineers, data scientists, these jobs are producing people that are happier and happier in the workplace. And I have my own theories being oh, I want to hear that. of a like, technical why, background. Yeah, but why why are technical jobs or you know engineering jobs and software more desirable yeah or more satisfying yeah so technology is is constantly changing constantly growing i have a theory that when you're in a technical role you're forced to be constantly learning um and when you're in that constant cycle of growth to me it makes me happier and it makes people feel like they're a part of a big movement that's going somewhere mm. um i think that being kind of like a subconscious perk in your happiness yeah um the other thing is that most of the time technical jobs are starting to allow greater and greater flexibility with work oh, right, um right. so there's a lot of tech technicians that can just as easily do their job from home as at work if you've got a crying baby in the house and your babysitter quit on you you know, most of these places, you can just go home and work from there. Right. So there's flexibility to geography where you work and hours that you work. Right. Right. To give you better quality of life. Right. 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 And these jobs are available everywhere yeah. in America. Yeah. You know, there's there's the hubs. You know, you've got San Francisco, San Diego, um, right. even... Tampa, Florida, certain cities in Texas. I don't, I don't know yeah. where all the hub, hubs are exactly, but yeah, Austin now. 
Austin, Austin is Texas. a huge one. Yeah. 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 So, and obviously I, I would assume New York. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 For sure. But outside of the growing, hubs. Growing for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But outside of the hubs, you know, the sector of business has changed to where uh, you can't have a business without technology. <laughs> Good point. You can't have a, a, a successful business without a website, without software that manages it. You, you just can't have it. Yeah. So all of business relies on technology, meaning that technology jobs are going to be available everywhere. Yeah. And I think that, I think you make a really good point in the fact of the flexibility that the job gives. I think employers have to provide that flexibility to technologists Mm -hmm. because finding talent in technology is a bit challenging as you and I have experienced. So finding, you know, somebody, you have somebody in that's working for you, that's a technologist and they're, you know, they prefer to work at home three times a week or four times a week. Your an employer is more are going to be more amicable mm-hmm. to allowing that that environment to happen. And I think to your point, there was something you said which is super interesting. The subconscious that's touched because I'm a big believer that living a life of progress is, is bringing you happiness. There's a relationship between progress and happiness in humans. So I wonder if technology, because technology is about progress. You're building new things, and that's always kind of exciting, and you're solving big problems. Yeah. Uh, that it's tying into that human characteristic of wanting, you know, that nature of wanting to have progress. Yeah, and the nature of the job is constantly solving problems as well. Right. Not only are you growing and progressing with the industry in general, but every day is like something's breaking and you got to fix it. But when you fix something, you feel good inside, you know? Like, yeah. You know, I just fixed something, yeah. or I just made something that wasn't there before there's a create creative element to it right the other thing i think that would make these jobs very satisfactory and i know this isn't true for everywhere but in general people in technology roles are assumed to be more casual (laughs) so i've experienced this working in several sectors of technology where you go to work and you expect everybody to be in suits but all the, the programmers in the corner over there in flip-flops and sweaters, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. I love coming to work in flip-flops and, and a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Does that even really go, Brianna? It doesn't. Um, flip-flop and sweater? But, you know, they can do whatever they want, so. <laughs> Is it open-toe flip-flop? Do you wear socks with the flip-flop? Socks and flip-flops would be ideal, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so on the top uh, couple of satisfaction in regards to tech is concerned... Um, or th- you're saying that they're tech. Is it, you know, I, I, I saw in your notes that you were talking about software engineering and data scientists. So data scientists reminds me that the, one of the fastest growing sectors in technology is machine learning. Mm. So machine learning, uh, interesting enough, if our audience doesn't know, you don't need a degree to master machine learning or to, you just need to go to school that's specific to machine learning. Good point. Yeah. Um, I, you certainly have to be good at math because there's a relationship. And, and you know, maybe our, a couple of our colleagues can educate us a little bit more. But I know that there's a deep relationship in, in mathematics, like it is in most engineering, but in machine learning, there's a deep uh, relationship between the two. Yeah. And um, I mean, even, even other sectors of technology, it's becoming less and less of a requirement to have a degree, depending on exactly what you're going for. But if you're a good software engineer because you just have the experience and you, you wherever you might have learned it, yeah, um, it's project driven. It's performance driven. Right. So if you're a genius programmer who never got a degree, 
nobody's going to care. <laughs> right. Because you're that company's core person. Yeah. Um, I have several personal friends that have very, very high paying tech jobs and none of them finish their degrees. Oh, wow. So that's it's, really interesting. It's definitely, I mean, people say that they require a degree, but it's becoming less of a requirement. So my 10 year old is coding now. Yeah. 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 He's <laughs> learning. He finished white belt and now he's doing Java and he's 10. Does he get a high paying job even though he doesn't have a degree? Uh, d- depends on if you let him. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're going to pay him a lot of money, yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about demand then. You mentioned demand earlier. Is demand right now still in the healthcare sector? Yeah. So you mentioned machine learning being a quickly growing um, industry. I, I would say that most people, most of these websites we've been researching on, a lot of people are going to predict that some of the jobs in highest demand go along with the highest paying and highest job satisfaction. So everything in healthcare and in technology are going to continue to be in demand because everybody's going to continue to get sick and technology is going to continue to grow. (laughs) Right. So I would definitely say that those are up there. Um, If you had to predict some other jobs that are going to be in high demand in 2020, what would you say? I would say things that are alternate energy in the alternate energy space. So like moving away from gas and oil and moving into solar and wind. Right. I think those type of technicians uh, that are dealing with that type of technology are going to be in high demand because as we are continuing to find you know, alternative energy sources, there's a lack of talent right now within uh, those industries. So I would probably tell you that there are things that are related to environment and how right. the, how it's changing and how energy is changing because dealing with our environment crisis that I think will will be in high demand. So is that a skill that would still be a trade school type of skill? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I don't. You would think I would know a lot about you know those technicians, but I don't. And I'm I'm assuming that they are. And maybe at the, at the end of this podcast, I'll do a little homework to see you know how do you become a solar technician. Right, because that is a real opportunity. I don't believe you need a degree for that, but I do. I, I do think that there is specific trade schools that are like that. And we were talking about this earlier. Trade schools are in dire need of talent mm-hmm. because the workforce is lacking trade school skills. So, from those type of technicians to plumbers, electricians, um, uh, welders. You know, we're, we're building stuff. And although we have robotics doing a lot of work, you still need humans to do an enormous amount of, of the stuff that we're building. And trade schools develop those skills. Uh, Brianna, you and I both know college isn't for everyone. Right. You know, we recommend it, right? And just a higher education is always recommended, but it isn't for everyone. Trade schools are in demand. The people are in demand. Those skills are very much in demand. And I wonder if, in fact, solar techs and wind techs are kind of a trade school type of skills. I'd imagine that they are. Yeah. Right? They're technicians. So I would imagine that there's like a specific course or school that you take. Yeah. And there's um, a lot of those jobs are for people who might not even think so. Like you were telling me earlier right. about your friend who's an underwater welder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, like yeah. You, you could be like a scuba diver by hobby and just decide to start welding. It is incredible. My main man, Darren, in New York, he, he 
I saw him years later and he had lost all this weight and he told me how he lost it. He he became a well an underwater welder. That's so crazy. He dives in the Hudson River fully, you know, wet suited up from top to bottom and is like welding bridges and pipes and things like that underwater just doing repair. Yeah. And making crazy amount of money. Yeah. So not only did he get in shape, Brianna, but he's making a lot of money too. <laughs> so he looks good and he's making a lot of money. But he's crushing it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of jobs seem to be available, even if you might not think about them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I know that we, we were talking back and forth before the podcast to decide whether we wanted to share with the audience about jobs that are on kind of the decline. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention two. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. So, so one thing that I think our audience should consider is if you're in retail, retail is about to go through another transformation. So the first transformation in retail was around e-commerce. That was the biggest one, right? How does brick and mortar shops compete in an e-commerce environment? Now that is kind of continued to, it's continuing to play itself out. But there's another component on this, even in the brick and mortar, where cashiers um, are going away. And that could potentially impact two major demographics young people that are you know their first jobs and it's definitely going to affect uh, the elderly community because those communities depend on retail a lot Mm -hmm. in order to find work so they're working as cashiers or baggers you know and sometimes it's the entry into the workforce and sometimes it's supplemental for somebody who's collecting social security or a pension and they're good supplemental. Retail stores are going to these models that there are no cashiers. Like yeah. you walk in. So it's something to consider. And I think that the technology behind it that support it, there's going to be jobs that open up on that end. But then there's going to be a loss of potential jobs for specifically, I think, those two communities. Yeah. And I don't think we need to think about it as declining uh, so much. Those jobs are going away, but it's just that they're changing for these groups. Young people, right. elderly uh, anyone in between, you know, that would be working in these types of jobs. I think it's just changing. Like we were talking about on an earlier episode that the unemployment rate is at an all-time, or not an all-time low, but like a 50-year low. 50-year low, yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. 3.7%, which is not bad right. at all. No, of course. Yeah, it's really low. <laughs> so I think these are just changing, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, what is the job that those groups of people go to in the future, in the next 10 years. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. But I, I, I would absolutely look at if you're in kind of some of those, I, I hate to use the word decline because it sounds so negative, but there's some reality to it. Yeah. If you're in some of those jobs and you're projecting forward, like, hey, I anticipate being in this job for a long period of time, you want to take a look at, well, what are the skills, what are the skills that I'm going to need as this job transitions? I think that's what you're saying because yeah. it's going to change. Right. So is, does my employer offer an opportunity to gain that skill so I can maintain this job. Right. Because my my job title might change. Right. That's a great way of looking at it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of depends on the job. We've talked we've covered a kind of a wide variety of jobs on this podcast episode. Highest paying jobs, jobs with high sa- job satisfaction, ones that are in demand, ones that are in decline. All of them kind of require a different array of background <laughs> requirements, you know. Yeah. Education is different for them. In anything, though, I would say if you're going for these top jobs, internships are a great way to, to go about it. Having a strong resume, we did a previous episode on that that might be helpful to you. 
finding a mentor even in that category might be very helpful to you. But I, but as anything, what we would say, just do your research. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Do your research and see also, you know, try to marry up some of the categories on what you think you're going to be good at and what you think you're going to enjoy. It has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Quality of life. You mentioned it in the highest satisfaction job because I'll take quality of life over money, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. You yeah. know, quality of life is, is very important. Definitely. Well, I think that wraps up our time for today. <laughs> Should we do one connection? Do you have a daily connection for today? I just want to get everybody to go back to distinctivepersonnel.com and go into the search job portal. There are about 50 new jobs that hit that portal today. Okay. So there are just so many to mention. I highly recommend that you go in there. And and if there's something that resonates, again, you can filter that search. And I would highly recommend that you apply. Cool. Sounds good. Well, this has been another useful episode of Jobs Across America. My name is Brianna Strobel. And I'm Jean-Paul Renard. And we'll see you guys next time.